Welcome to Erotic Nonsense, the podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay, I mean read. (laughs) We'll explore it all, classic bodice ripping historical romance, provocative political thrillers, sexy sci-fi, and everything in between. Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers, we'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is. We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin. Hi! Hello! How are you? I'm doing great! I'm very excited to be back here. Me too! I'm (laughs) so excited for this episode. Like, I think last weekend we spent time together and I was like holding back all of my... (laughs) It is so hard not to like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, anyway. I know. I had done all my research and I wanted to talk about it so badly. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait to hear Um, my... My like deep dive tonight is like less research based because there was no research on it and more of like discussion points. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) pressure. Pressure. (laughs) Um, Well, that's exciting. What else is going on? Um, Just like, you know, it was we had like a really nice quiet holiday, which was lovely, um, except for trying to travel in like a giant blizzard. Um, (laughs) But and like. Managed everything great. Still haven't had COVID, thank God. Um, And now, like, work is picking up again, which is, like, it's nice to be, like, have things to do and Mm -hmm. remember how to be a human, because January is hard. Yeah. Um, But I have been doing a ton of reading. I set... So I, like, love using Goodreads. Uh And I set myself a reading goal last year, Uh which I didn't set until April, and I didn't quite make. So I set the same goal this year, which is 52 books. That's my goal. One a week. One a week, yeah. I've already read four books. Wow, you're way ahead. Yeah. Nice. It will not last. (laughs) But I'm very excited. Yeah, I I kind of... I in the middle of last year is when I sort of started like retracking mm-hmm. everything in Goodreads. I had for a long time and then missed like a couple years. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see this year. It'll be like an actual complete picture. Yes. I, so I had never used Goodreads, but mm-hmm. I like love to check a box. And oh, so yeah. I'm like so excited. Um, it feels so good. Yeah. And we did a book only Christmas with my family. Oh, that's fun. So like everyone got everyone else books. So we all left with like seven new books or oh whatever my God. and I need to just yeah float that idea with my family next year it was amazing it was also way less expensive yeah. and like it was nice to have parameters mm-hmm. you know so you don't have to be like totally reinventing the wheel that's my family tried to do like um only home homemade gifts yes like a couple times but like I 
we're just not good at following. Like, well, and the also rules. like some people have like a, an advantage there. Like, well, some, yeah, you know, like not everybody is like crafty or foodie or whatever. Right. I mean, my family, like everyone can like that's true. Do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was really nice, and um, I shockingly did not get any romance books given oh, to me. So that's because um, they know you have enough. Probably <laughs> yes. Also, I think there's a little bit of like everyone buys like something that they would like yeah, and want well, you to like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would love that like I would love to do that with like used books you know like well and it's so cool to think about like what your loved ones think that you would love would love like it's just so fun to see like how they approach it that is yeah yeah that's super fun yeah so I've already read two of mine and uh totally bragged about it to my family who then were like stop shaming us (laughs) (laughs) I was reading them fast um and yeah it's just I have not had that much time to read we've had two daycare closures for COVID already. <laughs> You've had quite a time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of only just like, I did finish this last week, but I kind of like only barely got through my reading. Yeah. Um, and as you'll see, it was very short. So oh. <laughs> I have not had a lot of reading time. I did. I started a new book last weekend, though, um, that I'm really excited about. I just have to find some time. To is that down. for next week or mm-hmm. is it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I am also very excited for my next book I the what I had just like taken a break so I read my book also like last week Mm -hmm. like it's been like 10 days or whatever since I finished it um and what I have been reading since then is I finally started the Ember in the Ashes series by um that's another one that sounds exactly like Shadow and Bone (laughs) it totally does I mean it's like every 2010s like you know um YA book but it is so much better than Shadow and Bone um Saba Tahir is the name of the author and it is like way more on the level of Hunger Games in mm. terms of quality and in like how excited side. I am about it. Yeah. yeah, definitely there's some dark stuff. And um, also, I don't hate the main character. Sorry, oh, Alina. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been really fun. There's just like reading YA is like so relaxing. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's been fun. I but. especially love a YA and like a dystopian. Yes, totally. Yeah, there's so escapist. Definitely some like one dimensional villains, but the main characters are like really well fleshed out. Nice. And yeah, love some good I action. Have to put that on my list then. Yeah, let oh, me know when yes, you finish it. Totally, I definitely recommend it. So, but okay. it's four books, which is like kind of a commitment. I just need another week long vacation. And there you I'll go. Have it done. Just have one. Should I have why can't one I just per have month, right please? Now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh, well, yay for winter and time yay. to read and stuff. But I'm very excited to get into more romance again after like almost a month off Mm -hmm. um so oh well I did or I actually haven't quite finished it there's like two chapters left but I read the pre why can't I think of the word prequel prequel thank you I was like precursor Precursor? that works Um, to the book I read for a Christmas special oh okay Um, I read it's called a A princess for Christmas (laughs) okay um by the same author yeah yeah yeah. Um, so it's it wasn't I mean, again, I'm not done. I, it's not as good. It's like... I feel like it doesn't matter what order you read them in. You always like the first the one first you read one the you best. <laughs> I also think that the second one, the one that I read for a special, was just better. I thought the characters were better. This one is like... It's a little... It's it's like obviously like a play on the like classic like um, romance trope of like a young girl finding... Or not like a young girl, but like a 
girl finding a prince to marry. So this yeah. is like the opposite, right? It's like a dude who finds a princess to marry. Okay, well, I mean, so, I like that. But yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, the characters just like aren't, I'm not, I'm just not as into them. Yep. Like the characters in the other one were so good. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that um, is relevant to my read today. So. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. All right, should we take a quick break and then get into our books? Sounds good. All right. We're back. Let's do it. Okay. So you're first this week. I'm first. Um, and I'm going to talk about what we're drinking first. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm going to butcher the word, the name, okay. even though I Googled it. Um, <laughs> you have because, to write it down phonetically for yourself. Because it's a Tolkien word. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just realized what that means about where we're going. Miravore? <laughs> M- Miravore. Miravore. Thank you. I knew you'd know it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So a little quote from Lord of the Rings here. Hit me with it. (laughs) Give them this, said Gandalf, searching in his pack and drawing out a leathern flask, just a mouthful each for all of us. It is very precious. It is Miravor, the cordial of Imladris. (laughs) Imladris. Imladris. El- <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> it's okay. Elrond gave it to me at our parting. Pass it round. As soon as Frodo had swallowed a little of the warm and fragrant liquor, he felt a strain. He felt a new strength of heart, and the heavy drowsiness left his limbs. The others also felt revived, <laughs> and found fresh hope and vigor. <laughs> oh my God, I love it so much. Um, That's from Fellowship. So now, like, when are we having our Lord of the Rings marathon party? <laughs> I know it's been like two years since we've had one. So it's I mean, <laughs> it just is the best. It's that season. Um, wow, I cannot wait to hear about what you read. <laughs> All right. Um, so recipe for this, um, I got the idea for it um, from WonderlandRecipes.com, but I modified the recipe slightly. Um, so it's uh, three ounces of lightly brewed hot tea, um, and we use like a elderflower white tea, mm-hmm. um, and then one ounce elderflower liqueur, which we did 0.75 actually. Yes. And then 1.5 ounces of gin, and then a couple of teaspoons of honey. Mm-hmm. It's very. This is like very floral. And it fragrant is. And, it's beautiful. It yeah. tastes like it's good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But in a nice way, not in a bad way. Yes, exactly. You feel the vigor in your heart. Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm going to freaking, let's hike Karadras. I actually just randomly was watching on YouTube um, the interview that uh, the actors who played Marion Pippin did with um, Stephen you Colbert. You mean Billy Boyd, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, and Dominic who Monaghan. also have a podcast now? <laughs> I just downloaded it from that interview. The Friendship Onion. Yes. <laughs> um, but in it, they like try to like stump each other and all the like... Um, like trivia questions. I don't know. It was so good. <laughs> Their like bestiehood makes me yeah. so happy. Well, and I guess. Um, <gasps> Wait, did you see the cult, the um, Lord of the Rings rap that they did? I on sent it Colbert? to you. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. It was- Really good, yeah. So it's like the—is it the twentieth anniversary or the twenty? Yes, uh, it's the twentieth anniversary fellowship. of fellowship in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, all that build up to say that I read a fanfic <laughs> called "Finally Time for This," <gasps> and so the author, the only name given is like a username, yep. and it's Banna, B A N N A. Okay. Um, and it's on archive of our own. Ao three. Ao three. Yeah. So. Um, so I couldn't find anything else in the author. Um, I did, I like signed up for an account and stuff, which I actually haven't gotten yet. Cause there's like a big backlog. They like, t- oh. it takes a long time to like process, I guess. And it's like a 
not for profit. So thing. Did you sign so, up because you're gonna write some fan fiction? Well, you had <laughs> to sign up to. Um, cause, since we're using this on our podcast, I wanted to like compensate. I wanted to see yeah. if there was a way to like donate money or oh, something, but totally. there isn't. You can only like upvote or whatever. Okay, so that's why I made an account because I wanted it. to be yeah. able to like support the author. Support it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I couldn't find anything else about this author. Um, but I did go on and see that this author has other fanfics, including one titled James T. Kirk Goes to Therapy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that sounds um, amazing. Yeah. And I'm going to be like giggling through this entire thing. There's just so much. OK, I'm still fucking dying, waiting for you to tell me which characters this is about. <laughs> All right. So not a back of the book this week, but it is yeah. a summary. OK. After the war is finally over and Sauron oh. defeated, Gimli and Legolas have time to actually discover their deep love for each other. But through the dangers of the monsters constantly chasing them, oh, but though the dangers of the monsters constantly changing them are, are ended and they are free to explore the glittering caves of Helm's Deep and the Fangorn Forest, there are many other things that can get in the way of their relationship. With both feeling such deep ties to their respective cultures, they don't know if their families and societies would ever ever accept their love and allow them the peace they deserve. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, right. So it um, is a Gimli and Legolas um, shipping. I love it. So have you seen all the memes about how um, Henry Cavill as the Witcher is so hot to women because he is the, uh, or to people who are attracted to men in general, because he is the perfect embodiment of a combination of Aragorn and Legolas? Oh my god! No, but that's yeah, 100% so accurate. accurate. I mean, anyway. I've okay. I've thought Henry Cavill was super hot since he was in the Tudors. The Tudors. I actually think <laughs> he was hotter back then. Like, but. yeah. I, well, I mean, not that. But yeah, he was super hot on that. And I like. I'm not super into like super beefy guys. Um, although, hit as the Witcher, I am like 100 percent there. Did you watch? I haven't watched the second season, but I, I watched the first. Same. Season. Yeah. 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 And I, I, yeah, I like had a hard time getting into it because I don't know anything about that like Me world neither. at all. Yeah, but, yeah, he's definitely super hot. <laughs> God, so good. I mean, there's something about the silence too that's like mm -hmm. so he's a restful. bit of a you know, reformed rake type. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So casting this, I mean, mm -hmm. come on. I there's only one way you can go obvious, with this. <laughs> obvious casting choices: John Reese Davies, Orlando Bloom. Obviously, is there any other? No. Is it possible to imagine those characters as anyone else? I literally can no longer no. not imagine uh -uh. Um, the actors when I read it, which I read it's, it almost every year. Yeah. Okay, so I actually haven't read it in like quite a while. Uh, I need to pick gotta. it back up. It's so I, good. I mean, yeah, I definitely own it. I like yeah. look at it on my shelf. We have like three different um, editions. I have one that's like every single book because, you know, each book is like broken into two books. Uh -huh. I have one that's six different books. And it's nice because it's like easy to hold. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, but I just, it's like reading it is restful. It's so, it like, it like resets your brain, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I do know that the first time I read it, it was over like a high school, um, like winter break. Yeah. And I read all three books, like. Same. Less, I mean, less than two weeks, right? So yeah. it would have been, you know, like I a week and a half or totally something. I totally have a memory of reading it for the first time, like fresh in our yeah. sophomore year and like laying in front of the fire at my mm -hmm. parents' house like at Christmas. Exactly. I remember oh. the couch perfectly, yes. the tree. Yep. Um, yeah. Like I had read um, The Hobbit when I was like very young. Yeah. My mom read it yeah. to us. Um, but yeah, I definitely never picked up Lord of the Rings till like a little later. But Ugh, it's just beautiful. Um, okay. Okay. So moving on. Um, so 
I did discover that uh, romantic legless glim- <laughs> Gimli fanfic is known as Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is not what I would have guessed for their, like, <laughs> joint name. Um, celebrity and couple names. It's, like, one of the most popular shipping fan, oh, yeah. like, fanfic styles. Um, How could it not be? They're eternal. <laughs> um, and then I also just need to point out that this fanfic tastes takes place in the movie version. Okay. Um, And I know that because at one point they go to the Shire and they remark how the Shire has never seen war. So we know that... it's not the book version. Yeah, because the book, there's a scurring... Scouring. Scouring of the Shire. Scouring of the Shire, yeah, which is not in the books. So... Yeah. Anyway, just had to make that clear. Cool. Um, So overall feelings, it was... (laughs) super fun it's also very obvious it's a amateur like it was like condensed and short it was actually like very well done for a fan like I have not read a lot of fanfic but it was like very readable and enjoyable there are some hilarious lines I picked like three uh lines to read because I just like could not pick like one favorite (laughs) I love it um and there's just like so many moments where I just like cracked up and like it was just so much fun but it's also it was pretty short so there's 15 chapters okay. uh, but each chapter is like maybe like a page like mm. you know like a typed page yeah okay so, so it's it's short it's yeah pretty short yeah um all right so I don't have like that much else to say about like overall thoughts you know it's I mean, tell me, but I want to know, like, <laughs> I want to know what their relationship was like. Were there, like, romantic scenes? Was yes. it explicit? Yes. Oh, my God. Um, um, was it tender? Like, what I love about Lord of the Rings is how tender everyone's relationships are, like, in a, even in a platonic way, not absolutely. just in a romantic yes. way. Yes. Tell me more. Uh, I need more. <laughs> well, I feel like... Um, read me the whole thing. Well, yeah, we'll get into it when I read the lines because okay. my outtakes are like an entire page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So like vibe checker content warnings, like it, it, no, like it totally passes the vibe check in the way that like fantasy kind of like gets around yeah. about need yeah. for vibe check, you know? Um, it was really fun that like, so in the story, like obviously it's a... Gimli and Legolas, like, they're both concerned about how their families are going to react to their relationship. Yeah. But it's not because of homosexuality. It's because that it's a... Yeah. It's, it's the a culture divide. Yeah. yeah. So I thought yeah. that was fun. Oh, um, now I'm just imagining angry Lee Pace. I also like that visual. <laughs> yeah. So I did almost go for my deep dive into why dwarves and elves hate each other in the Lord of the Rings. Ooh. But it was like too much. Also, that's pretty niche. Yeah. It's not really romance related. I couldn't do it. I like Googled one thing and then I was like, no. No. It was like, it was like the same reason why I couldn't really get through the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. That's a tough one. I couldn't get through. Yeah. I actually haven't finished it either. too many Tolkien words. Yeah. Um, So, all right. I'm just going to move on to my favorite lines. Okay, let's do it. I can't wait. (laughs) I'm trying to get through these without laughing so much. Okay. The next day, the feasting and weddings and coronations kicked off. Legolas was getting ready in his chamber, adjusting his light blue robes. When he heard a knock on his door, he went to the door and was surprised to find Gimli outside. He didn't have his armor on or his helm, and he had a finely embroidered jerkin that outlined his body on. The air fled out of his lungs at the sight of him. He collected himself as quickly as possible. Gimli, what can I do for you? 
Well, I was just getting ready for Aragorn's wedding, and... He shuffled his feet and looked down. Well, the thing is that my beard's all tangled and matted, and it doesn't seem really very appropriate for a royal wedding. (laughs) Oh, he realized they were still standing in the doorway. Do you want to come in? If you don't mind, he said, (laughs) and they brushed by each other a little too close as they both tried to go in. (laughs) I was hoping because your hair is so shiny and smooth, and you do the nice braids in it. Legolas blushed at that. And I was wondering if you would do that for me. (laughs) He was looking at the floor the whole time he said, or he talked. Legolas smiled brightly. Of course. He hurried over to his dresser and grabbed his brush. His heart was beating fast. He was actually going to brush Gimli's beard. And he had asked him to. Sit on the bed, he instructed. And came over. And he came over and sat next to him. Their thighs touched and their eyes met. Legolas t- took as deep a breath as he could manage and put his hand under Gimli's beard. Oh, my God. I'm ready. Okay. After trying to talk and essentially chasing him down a hallway of the palace as the elf tried to hide behind various statues, (laughs) Gimli decided he would have to corner him. He knew Legolas couldn't stay away from his trees for long, so he looked for him (laughs) under the moonlight in the palace gardens. Sure enough, Gimli found him sitting in the crook of a beautiful flowering tree. In the silver light, his white blonde hair shone. He looked even more ethereal than usual, like a painting from a tome come to life. He was singing softly to himself. As he grew closer, the dwarf realized it was a sad love song. The song drew to an end, and he was quiet. Eyes turned up toward the moon. Gimli was speechless for a moment, but gathered himself. Legolas? The elf had truly thought he had been alone and was startled at the gruff voice saying his name, so much so that he tumbled out of the tree to fall directly into a strong, stout pair of arms. (laughs) Gimli grinned as he looked into Legolas's eyes. Finally caught you. They both laughed, and Gimli set him back on his feet. (laughs) Oh, it's so sweet. I know. All right, this is my last one. Um, and it's, oh my god, I actually have four. <laughs> okay, I'll read this <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. It's so good. Um, so it has Sam in it, so it's pretty Yes! <laughs> I always believe it's better to just say what you mean to say, you know, said Sam, calm and still smiling. Right, Legolas took a deep breath. Sam, Gimli and I are, well, we, you know, Sam raised an eyebrow. He never knew Legolas to be embarrassed or speechless before. Legolas and I are in love and we want to be together, Gimli explained, too anxious to let go of any longer. With bated breath, the pair waited for Sam's reaction, but he was still just buttering a roll. Sam, <laughs> aren't you going to say anything? Legolas cried. The hobbit looked up. Hmm? Say something, Gimli practically shouted. I would if you would tell me what you needed to tell me, Sam said, getting agitated as well. Legolas and Gimli looked at each other in utter bewilderment. We did just tell you, said Legolas. Gimli and I are in love. Yes, I'm a little confused. Did you think I didn't know? (laughs) You knew? Gimli had never been more surprised in his life. Well, yes, everyone did. You two were a bit obvious with it after all. Never apart, always giving each other those looks. I thought you were off to Helm's Deep to get married. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Sam's unfazed because he's already in a polyamorous relationship with Rosie and Frodo. (laughs) For sure. That is amazing. Oh my god! Yeah, they like go through that. They like meet all the um, former members of the fellowship, and like basically all of them already knew. (laughs) Like we all knew. We all knew, especially in the movie version. (laughs) Especially. (laughs) Oh, so good. Aww. All right. All right. Well, that's all I have about the fanfic. What about Um, your ratings? Oh, I didn't do ratings. 
All right. Where are they? <laughs> Too many favorite lines. Yeah. Okay. So readability, I went with like a 3.5 just because there are a few. There were some like typos and like yeah. a few things that were like a little. Well, there's um, no editor. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it was published like in series. Like I could go back and like see the um, like comments. Yeah. And see that they're like waiting for the next. You know, oh. like can't wait to read the next yep. one. Stuff like that. So um, hotness, I went with three. There are some explicit scenes. They're very short mm-hmm. and they're very like simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like I would say like not super like realistic, you know, mm-hmm. it's very much like a, oh, and then this happened and then they exploded and then, you know. Like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. A lot of like euphemisms. A and, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, romance, I, th- I put three, but maybe I'll bump that up to a four. It's pretty like Sounds pretty cheesy sweet and, and funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like what it's all in fun, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did overall 3.5. Like it was, it was fun. I wouldn't, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It's not like going to be among my like favorite things I've ever read, but um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. yeah. And it was nice and short. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Form a deep dive. Deep dive time. Deep, deep, deep dive. All right. So I'm doing a history and explanation of fan fiction. Oh boy. All right, I have a couple sources. Um, an article from The Atlantic called Surprising 18th Century Origins of Fan Fiction. Um, an article from The Guardian, um, Fan Fiction. Uh, ooh, what is that one called? I just wrote the link. Um, I'll find it. I think it's later in my notes. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Wikipedia. Always. Um, all right. So fan fiction is fictional writing written in amateur capacity, unauthorized, but based on an existing work of fiction or sometimes nonfiction. Mm -hmm. It includes copyrighted characters, settings, or other intellectual properties from the original creator as a basis. It can be a few sentences, an entire book series. It may also include comics, visual art, animations, movies, games, or pretty much anything. For example, one of my all-time favorites, Popper Pup- <laughs> <laughs> Potter Puppet Pals. <laughs> oh, does that count as fan fiction? I think so. It's oh like my known God. characters, Yeah, no, right? totally. Uh, I, our kids even know that. That's hard like, to say. I don't think they've ever even actually seen the video, but like we say it all the Snape, time. Snape, Snape, Severus, Snape. Snape yeah. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Wrong. <laughs> That's old now. It is so old. There's actually a great TikTok. I know I always talk about TikTok. It's so boring. But um, where what this, are you? A younger millennial? Like, yeah, literally no. <laughs> um, but there is a gal who does like pole dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she does one to the Potter Puppet Pals theme oh where she dresses up as each character and then does like <laughs> actually yeah I feel like some of my favorite um like Potter uh Halloween costumes are the one where it's like slutty on the bottom and yes like, oh my god there's a great like, Gandalf McGonagall on top yeah there's a yeah oh so good I yeah there's a lot of those around there's um Lord of the Rings ones as well so yeah. anyway um, all right, so fanfictionally is rarely w- written with the permission of the original creator, um, or is it published, but it's also rarely, uh, oh, sorry, it's rarely written with the permission of the original creator or publisher, but it's yeah. also rarely professional published. Yeah. Professionally published. Yeah. Um, and there's been a variety of responses from authors of original works to fanfiction. Um, some have encouraged it, and others have, like, staunchly rejected it or even responded with legal action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think, I do think I saw somewhere that um, 
uh, Tolkien was like, he didn't like, he didn't, he wasn't like against it, but he was basically saying that it's like lazy because yeah. you're not coming up with your own characters and like. Yeah. I, um, George R.R. <clears throat> R. Martin has also said that mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's rich coming from someone whose work is like so derivative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that, I mean, it's just, it's not about like just not having to come up with your own shit. Mm-hmm. It's about like processing through what you feel mm-hmm. about something you've experienced. Right. And, you know, yeah. how you've identified the I characters. I mean, there, yeah, there's just such a range of like what it's used for mm-hmm. and like the way people go about it that I feel like you can't just blanket statement it like that you know like for some people like why couldn't it be an exercise you know like you need maybe you need some training wheels before you like totally ride the bike for, yeah. by yourself like yeah. why is that bad it's not bad yeah um, all right, so regarding the legal action, um, infringement on an author's copyright, uh, de- so it depends on the jurisdiction. So I'm going to talk about the U.S. Um, about this first. Mm-hmm. Um, so fan fiction can be protected under, it's called the Fair Use Doctrine. Yeah. Um, and so it's a legal doctrine that promotes freedom of expression by permitting the unlicensed use of copyright-protected works um, in certain circumstances. Um, so I looked into this more and I thought it would be like very simple about like what is and isn't protected, but it's actually, um, a little bit more complicated like than that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's four things that the courts might look at to determine, um, if a work is protected under fair use. Okay. Um, so the first is the purpose, um, and character of the use. So including whether the use is of a commercial nature. Right. So the courts are more likely to find that like nonprofit educational and non-commercial uses are fair, um, but that doesn't mean that all non-commercial uses are um, allowed. Allowed, yeah. yeah. So um, transformative cases, those that add something new um, rather than substituting original use of the work, are more likely to be considered fair. But it isn't like clear, um, cut and dry. Like there are cases where commercial use is completely protected. So it's oh. more about like uh, the purpose, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, whether you're trying to change what they wrote or whether mm-hmm. you're trying to um, add to it. Makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. OK. Um, so the second is the nature of the copyrighted work. Um, so this includes the degree to which the work that was used relates to the copyright's purpose of encouraging creative expression so using a more creative or imaginative work is less likely to be considered fair than using like a factual work so like sure using like something that's like research-based and factual is you know more likely to be allowed because it's for the general education whatever all right Third is the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. So it's both the quantity and the quality. So using like the most important part or heart of a work can be considered not fair, Mm -hmm. um, even if it's just a small amount. But then it could also be using like very large parts but might not be important. That could also be considered not fair. So it's okay. um, And again, it's not it's not very seems really subjective. subjective, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so then the fourth is the effect of the use upon the potential market value or market. uh, Yeah, the value of the copyrighted work. So the court would like review whether um, and to what extent the unlicensed use like harms the existing or future um, market for the copyrighted owner's works. It's like displacing sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually think that that last one is where, like, most fan fiction becomes fair use um, because it's been shown that 
fan fiction like it increases the value if anything yeah displace the original work and it just like encourages more interaction with it like case in point I read this I'm like I want to go back and read the rings again right like (laughs) so yeah yeah for sure um and this was originally a common law doctrine but it has become explicit law um with the copyright act in 1976 so I do think that like I mean I'll get into it a little bit more with like the rise of the internet and stuff like that but I I yeah, the legal things kind of like changed like a lot in the middle of the century. Like, interesting. Early like fan pre internet. Yeah, early, yeah, a lot of early fan fictions would probably not be considered fair use now. Like, because they're like real explicit, like using bits and pieces. Whereas yeah. like, now, if you're publishing something, you almost definitely need to like at least change characters' names or something. Yeah. To, like, get okay. It. Yeah. Um, and then in most countries with a British legal history, uh, there's something similar called fair, fair dealing. Uh, and I didn't get into like the intricacies of how those are different. All I know is that it's similar. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, before the adoption of copyright laws, it was very common for authors to copy characters, settings, entire plots, um, basically any and everything. Um, so when I talked about Shakespeare, yep. you remember that? I mean, yeah. I remember this from, yeah, yeah so like studying Shakespeare. Yeah, basically that entire play, The Taming of the Shrew, was like possibly or like probably based on another play or mm-hmm. there was another play based on it like almost yep. entirely and it was completely fine, like fair game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that, that was actually like very common. And I even read one of those articles basically said that the Gospels... <laughs> I know of the I've Bible were like, like basically like, like Jesus fanfiction. Fan yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah, for sure. I mean, they were written by non-professionals retelling the same story. Like yeah. that is fanfiction. Well, it was just so different. Like yeah. in like pre-modern times mm-hmm. when like most stories were told, like mm-hmm. they weren't written down. They were told oral, from memory. Yeah. yeah, oral storytelling, and so it's just like that's what it all was. Mm-hmm. You know? All right, so getting into, like, the 1700s, that article from The Atlantic um, titled Fan Fiction Was Just as Sexual in the 1700s as it nice. is today. <laughs> Turns oh, out people have always been horny. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> the the um, subtitles of that article was, Before tales about Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter, people wrote body or gross stories about Gulliver's travels. <laughs> uh, and that article was written by Shannon Chamberlain um, in February of 2020. All right, so a quote from this article. In the 18th century, as now, fan fiction was usually more more explicitly sexual than its source material. (laughs) There was plenty to set the imagination on fire. In Samuel Richardson's 1740 classic, Pamela, about a lady's maid on an isolated country estate who resists the overtures of her boss. Uh, But readers also like to envision scenarios where she gave in wholeheartedly. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, I didn't include it in the notes, but more on that. There's, like, a version where it's, like, gender swapped, where it's, like, a young man. (gasps) Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, bad. Um, okay, so getting into like the 19th and 20th century, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula was a popular work to make unauthorized oh depictions of. Um, there was a serial in a Swedish newspaper from 1899 to 1900, which was called Powers of Darkness, based on Dracula. <laughs> Man, people have always been so into vampires. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sexy vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, the works of Jane Austen were often reimagined. Oh, they are Remains right popular for, today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
an early example of that was called Old Friends and New Fancies, written in 1913. Have you read I've that? I've heard of that, but I haven't read it. So it's written by Sybil G. Brinton, mm-hmm. um, and it's a novel that incorporates characters from each of Austen's six novel novels Ooh. into one unifying story with new characters. Wow. Um, Sounds busy. <laughs> yeah, I am like That's a lot of characters. Pro- yeah. I think I might read it now. It yeah. super interesting. Um, also, Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes oh, has many yeah. unauthorized stories. Yeah, totally. All right. We're going to skip ahead to the middle of the 20th century now. Okay. The Star Trek fandom. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it a rabid bunch. <laughs> definitely popular, popularized modern fan fiction. Um, so they published, so published works um, in their, so fanzines. Oh, okay. Which, you know, it's like a published magazine yeah. by fans. Um, and they they published um, fanfic. Um, so, and the first one was called Spockanalia. <laughs> I bet there is some like hilarious like versions of this. I can just like see them like wrapped in mylar, like being sold at like vintage stores now, you oh, know, like. Oh, 100%. Um, the first one came out in 1967. Um, others followed, uh, but they were typically, so they weren't really for commercial profit. Like they charged a small fee, but it just went to like offset printing and so uh, it was distribution. just like buy fans it for was fans just for fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then let's see. Yeah. They also, they sold them at conventions, you know, whatever, but they, they were never like expensive. They were never to make money. It was all yeah. just for fun. Yeah. Um, and so an interesting fact, um, so about 83% of Star Trek fan fiction authors were female in 1970. And by 1973, that had risen to 90%. Oh, dang. And, like, it's kind of noted that, like, that's one of the few aspects of the Star Trek fandom that was dominated by women. Because <gasps> totally, there were, like, you know, like, the people who were going to the conventions, <clears throat> like, typically were men. You know, mm-hmm. the, that's the way they were interacting with it. And, like, writing fanfics was more of a way that women interacted with it. Which I find interesting. That totally makes sense. Those women are horny AF. Yes. <laughs> everyone is. Not everyone. Most people are. <laughs> oh, Captain Kirk. All right. <laughs> I mean, the proto horny. <laughs> um, all right. And now we're getting to the invention of the internet. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So early internet uses for fan fiction was basically like an email version of those fan games. Oh you know, like, like like an old AOL. Like a chain like, email. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. You remember the websites from, yes. like, the early 90s? Oh, boy. Yeah. Barely. Um, okay. And so uh, then after that, like, you could, like, sign up for these, It's like, email lists. Um, like a know. newsletter. Yeah, like a newsletter. Here's your horny newsletter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so then these kind of became online searchable fan fiction archives. Got it. Uh, and so fanfiction.net was one of the first like websites. Um, and it was established wow. in 1998. Also, uh, the Lord of the Rings website is a .net website. Oh I remember that from like, <laughs> God, I'm such a nerd. But like in did waiting you, for the movies to come out and like going to the website and all the like fun things they had there did you take technology class in middle school with me i don't know i don't I think so. i remember like i think it was like we either had drama or technology class and i had technology class i had drama okay yeah <laughs> i just remember there was like two like old school there was like two macs and like two pcs in this room and we all had to like share but we got like an email address oh so <laughs> fancy like yeah yep. oh my god yeah um anyway 
I remember, like, I think we, like, made one of those, like, so what year were we in? That was, like, 2000, right? That was it eighth was grade. It was 97, 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, like, as a class, we, like, made one of those, like, 90s websites. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I wonder if it still exists. <laughs> I mean. No one's paying for that domain anymore. It. I feel like it was, like, a class photo and, like, God, anyway. Oh, God. There's so many. Awkward. The things we put on the internet when we were young and didn't know better. But oh. even adults didn't Chat like Chat rooms. Yes. Oh my god, an AOL and Messenger. Oh yeah, I remember sneaking down in the middle of the night to oh uh, instant message with Oh really? Old times. Yeah. Just name dropping all over the yeah, place. Right. No one's listening. You should bleep, no. you should bleep that out. Okay, we'll bleep that out. <laughs> um all right, I lost my my space. Oh, sorry. My space. <laughs> my space. My place. Wow. <laughs> All right. So fanfiction.net established in 1998. It was a not-for-profit not site, and it allowed anyone to, to upload content into any fandom. Um, and so and this, like, anonymous platform, like, model became, like, very popular very quickly. God, the old internet mm-hmm. was so wholesome. It's like the Wild West. Well, oh, just, well, yeah. no, I mean, yes. But, like, I the idea that people, like, just did things... For the sheer joy of it. Mm. And it was like not for profit. And it was no just one was like making money. Yeah. It was Ugh. just a way to like be in like touch with other humans and share things. Drunken party pictures on Facebook. Right. And not days. worry about whether they would prevent you from getting a job in the future. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Those, yes. Anyway. All right. So some examples of works that got their start as fan fictions. Um, E.L. James, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Grey, yeah. That's the big which one. Which I feel right? like I feel like we've talked shit about before. Um, but now, but now that I like hear that it's coming from like fan fiction, I kind of like, oh, well, it's not bad for fan fiction. I give it a little more grace now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was originally written as fan fiction for Twilight. Yeah. So, but now I'm like trying to remember, like, it's been a long time since I've read it, but like the characters, I guess, were Bella and Edward, but like they're, I think when she wrote the, she, like, it is fan fiction, it. but then she rewrote it when yeah. it was published. I haven't read it, so I don't know. How like Twilight esque it is. I was almost considering rereading Twilight, and then I was like, "Don't put yourself through that." <laughs> I, think I actually realized that I never watched the last movie, and like I really love to like hate watch that kind of movie. Oh my god, it's hilarious! <laughs> yeah. Also, there, all like, of a the robotic like, baby in it. Well, yeah, the, the like, like Renesmee. It's like or a CG. Yeah. Oh, I don't it's think not it's a robot. robot. Okay. It's super fucking creepy. It looks like a weird adult, but also well, yeah, because it's like an adult baby. Yes, it's so weird. And then, but the thing, <laughs> like, like Michael Sheen is in it, and he's so funny. He plays one of the evil vampires, and oh Dakota God. Fanning like has all the like all the other vampires are like actual this, actors. Was the last one split into two movies? Yeah. Okay, I might have seen the first one. I don't know. I don't know why, but for some, this is so off topic, but the Breaking Dawn part one, the like first mm-hmm. half of the fourth movie or whatever. Third. Third. Uh, first no, half fourth, of the third. Fourth. Because it's... Is um, it four bucks? Yeah. It's okay. four bucks. Um, anyway, so the first half where she like gets pregnant, they like get married mm. and she gets pregnant and the pregnancy happens like that. For some reason, I find watching that to be so cathartic and I don't know what it is. Huh. I just like the scene where she like eats all the fried chicken and then immediately barfs it up and the like a scene where she's like giving birth and her like back breaks. It just is like so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, so what? camp. Oh. It's just, is it like an analogy for you? I think of like how terrible pregnancy is. She like almost literally 
die. Well, she does she die. She does die, right? Because they, they have like, to have turn to, her into yeah. a vampire. And um, anyway, I find, like, it is kind of cathartic to, like, watch someone be, like, yeah, pregnancy isn't, like, a fucking, mm. you know, like, everything's magical. And, no, it's you fucking know, not. It's yeah, fucking disgusting. It's, yeah. And, and anyway. fuck anyone who says, yes. oh, enjoy it. Oh, shut up. And so I just, there's something <laughs> about it that just, like, cherish every moment. Ugh. I still feel like that about my toddler, too. I feel, yes. No, parent, like, there are joys, but it's fucking hard as shit. But you don't enjoy every fucking moment. No. It's literally impossible. Yes. And so I, it is, like, really cathartic to watch. And um, that, yeah. also it just is like so campy. It's just funny. <laughs> like the part when her back breaks, it's like in slow motion and it's like the crack is so loud. And anyway, it just is hilarious. I do. I do remember hating the whole like, oh, well, I have to get married first. So they oh, can yeah. Well, you know, because right. it's everyone's Mormon. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Side tangent. No, it's fine. OK, I'm going to go on with this. <laughs> yes. OK, so um, the the practice of changing names for publishing is called pulling to publish oh um so then there's also this example um it's a fan fiction called after uh written by anna todd in 2013 and it's about the boy band one direction oh so that's kind of like an example where it's like not fiction it's like real people yeah um but it's a fiction about real people so it's interesting yeah i definitely never read that i also don't know anything about one direction we're too old geriatric (laughs) millennials over here yep is that where harry styles came from because I do like Harry Styles. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Is that I'm the asking. one that dated Taylor Swift? <laughs> I don't know. We're like, there's like okay, young stop. people listening to this right now who are like screaming at us. Um. Anyway. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't Sorry. have our scarf. That's in, what I know. In sync for life. <laughs> back streets. Back. All right. right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Uh, there's also a series. Oh. Yeah, there's also a series um, called The Mortal Instruments. Oh. Um, have you heard of that? It's yeah. written by Cassandra Clare. So apparently it's based on Harry Potter fan fiction, um, which was written between 2000 and 2006. Oh. And was originally written to include characters Ginny Weasley and Draco Malfoy. But the names were all changed mm-hmm. to publish. So. Oh, I had no idea about that one. Yeah, that's apparently a pretty popular series. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little YA. <clears throat> um, yeah. It's a fictional world. So the world is different, but I think it's like similar characters. So it says, mm-hmm. that, uh, I wrote that it includes shadow hunters who are descendants of angels bred to fight demons. Oh. So that does not, like, it's I think. same Harry Potter. Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like Harry Potter characters in a new world. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, all right. And so then Archive of Our Own, AO3, which was mm-hmm. the platform that I read my fanfic on, was created in 2008. It's also a not profit, a non-profit, um, mm-hmm. open source repository. Um, so as of December 2020, there were 7 million works in over 40,000 fandoms. Whoa. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to go over some like common fan fiction terms. Okay. Um, so canon, which is pretty obvious. Anything yep. related to the original source, including plot settings and characters. Mm-hmm. Fandom, a group of fans of a particular work of fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fanon, unofficial canon. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's an idea that's widely believed to be true among fans, but, but it's neither unconfirmed or officially endorsed by the original author Got or it. Yeah, creator. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Head canon. 
Oh, I know this one because I have many of my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a fan's personal idiosyncratic interpretation of canon, mm-hmm. such as backstory, nature of relationships, etc. It could be caused by teasing out of subtext that's in canon, um, but it doesn't. It can't directly contradict canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, now here's an interesting one. Um, a Mary Sue or an MS. You've heard of this? Yes, okay. I have. So it originated in Star Trek fanfic. Um, oh, I did not know that. Where a new or a minor character ends up saving the life of a main or a canon character and is often rewarded with a sexual relationship yeah. as a result. Yeah, that part I know. So yeah. in Star Trek, it would be like a minor member of the crew saving Captain Kirk or Mr. Spock. And then banging. <laughs> and then banging. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So some common fanfic genres. Um, this is like sort of terms, but more just like types. Um, so alternate universe or AU. So mm-hmm. fan fiction featuring characters set in a universe other than their canonical one. So mm-hmm. kind of like that one I was talking about before. Oh, yeah. Um, crossover, so work featuring characters, items, or set pieces from multiple fandoms. Mm-hmm. A dark fic, uh, which is a work that's more grim or depressing than the original, um, often in like deliberate contrast to the canonical work. Um, and a really good example of this that I love and had kind of forgotten about is Wicked, which started <gasps> oh as a book. Oh my god, yeah. totally! Um, yeah, it's Gregory Maguire. And I yeah. like I read like all of his. I, th- I feel like it's like 10 years ago now. Uh, at um, least. Because Wicked came out while we were in high school. Mm-hmm. So that's like yeah. 20 years um, ago. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite was actually um, Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister. Yeah, that, you, I remember yeah, that, that was, was so, so good. good. Yeah. I think our friend Tanya turned me on to these actually oh, really? like very long ago. Yeah. And I like, I, I think I still own them. Like they're yeah. all in my. My mom was into them. They're That's so how, good. Yeah, yeah. They're great. I never, like it is fanfic, but you know, Wizard of Oz is like so Just old don't even that, think about yeah. it. Wizard of Oz is like public domain at this well, point. Well, yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, that's, I think why that could get away with not changing names right. or anything. Yeah. Because. It's not going to take away anything from Wizard of Oz at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. All right. A fix-it fic. So it's a work that rewrites canonical events um, that the fic author disliked. Oh, um, my God. Someone get on this with Game of Thrones. Right? (laughs) Well, can we just, like, have an ending to Game of Thrones in, like, a book version, (laughs) please? Yeah. No, we we can't. We can't. That's never happening. Um, also, I'm just not giving him any more money. So, yeah. okay, and I, this is really long. I'm like getting close to being done. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Self insert. So, a work in which the author yeah. is transported to or discovers that they're inside the world of fiction is based on. Um, shipping, which, okay, I had oh never boy. heard of, but like since writing this, I've like come across like four different times. <laughs> you, the thing is, you already knew it. Yeah. You just didn't know. I yeah. mean, like Lawson Gimli. Like. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, we're still exploring a re- relationship between two or more characters from the original that has several fan fiction. Oh, specific subgenres. So there's like slash, which is uh-huh. focusing on a homosexual pairing, or femme slash, which is a female homosexual relationship. Oh, yeah, same thing. Oh. Um, also, okay, my new favorite thing: curtain fic. <laughs> okay, I don't know this one. A romantic. Okay, it's romantic couples in mundane domestic situations. So it's like <laughs> so like, like all of Outlander, <laughs> but it's like canon like. It would be like Legolas and Gim... No, because they're not in a ship in the canon. It's like... I don't it's like Ron and Hermione, just like what they do all day. Yes, post- exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Which is like literally what it's like reading the later Outlander books. It's like nothing. There's no plot. There's just like taking care of farm animals and banging. (laughs) Okay. So then the last one I wrote down is smut or porn or erotica. Yeah. Though apparently those terms are not popular in fanfic. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's basically, yeah, sexually explicit explicit or pornographic fanfic, which yeah. I like I sort of assume that like most of fanfic is pornographic, but it's not. Probably so. not most. I mean plenty. <laughs> yeah. Plenty. Enough. Yeah. Um anyway, so um, just to end this, I decided to see like which fanfic is most popular on Archive of Our Own. So I like went to like all of them and then just like sorted by most kudos. It's got to be Harry Potter. No, really? It's a a fanfic called I Am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! By a user named Sherlock Smith. Okay. Um, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a complete work, but it only has one chapter and like 1300 words from 2014. But summary, extremely not safe for work fanfic <laughs> told from the perspective of Groot. Okay. <laughs> um All right. And so I'm like I don't know if I, I want to read I that. I don't one. Like, know what that is, but number 2 is called All the Young Dudes <laughs> and it's a Harry Potter fanfic. Yeah. Uh, mature <laughs> graphic depictions of violence, male on male, complete work, 188 chapters. Whoa. 526,000 plus words from 2018. Summary long fic charting the Marauder's time at Hogwarts and <gasps> beyond from Remus's point of view, diversion from canon in that Remus's father died and was raised in a children's home and is a bit rough around the edges, otherwise, canon compliant. Whoa. Disclaimer, I do not support J.K. Rowling's disgusting transphobic views. That's the end of the summary. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is no longer a part of Harry Potter. Nope. She's erased from my universe. Yep. All right, and I'm allowed. sorry that was so long. I'm done no, now. that was great. How could you not go on like a million tangents for that like deep dive? <laughs> I had so uh, much fun with it. That is great. I <laughs> want to read way more fanfics now. I know. Like, I I think I always kind of just like dismissed it, but like it, it was really enjoyable. That's some good shit out it there. Was. I mean, it was super when fun. you think about like all the terrible shit that gets published, you got to yeah. know there's good shit. That I doesn't. mean, that was de- that was better than Dirty Billionaire. Like, 100%. (laughs) What isn't? True. Um, Amazing. Great job. But I paid money for Dirty Billionaire. That's some bullshit. Granted, it was like $2. Still. (laughs) You deserve it back. True. All right. right. Take a break. Come back for you. Sounds good. All right. My turn. All right. Um, So... (laughs) This week, I read All the Feels by Olivia Dade. So this is a pretty new one. It just came out in November. Um, and it like got delayed a million times, but um, I'd been waiting for it forever. It is the second book in like a trio that's going to be. that We're still waiting on the third one. So, um, OK, I'll start by reading the back of book. I just have to say, I am into the cover. The cover is good. <laughs> they are both very hot on the like cover. Sawyer. He totally looks like Sawyer, <laughs> and I would have been really mad that I'd used right. him last week, but to be like don't worry, longer. don't worry, because I have the perfect actor you will yeah. see. Go okay, um, Alexandra, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Alexander Woodrow has it all, charm, sex appeal, wealth, fame, a starring role as Cupid on TV's biggest show, 
gods of the gates. But the showrunners have wrecked his character. He's dogged by old demons, and his post-show future remains uncertain. When all that reckless emotion explodes into a bar fight, the tabloids and public agree his star is falling. Enter Lauren Clegg, the former ER therapist hired to keep him in line. Compared to her previous work, watching over handsome but impulsive Alex shouldn't be especially difficult. But the more time they spend together, the harder it gets to maintain her professional remove and keep her heart intact, especially when she discovers the reasons behind his recklessness. Not to mention his Cupid fanfiction habit. When another scandal lands Alex in major hot water and costs Lauren her job, she'll have to choose between protecting him and offering him what he really wants. Her. But he's determined to keep his improbably short, impossibly stubborn, and extremely endearing minder in his life in any way he can. And on a road trip to the up the California coast together, he intends to show her exactly what a falling star will do to catch the woman he loves. Anything at all. Wow. That's a really long back of book. Yeah, it is. (laughs) How Um, accurate was it? (laughs) uh, Medium. Okay. It's like definitely not the worst. Um, So, okay. So my cast. So you may have noticed in this back of book that the showrunners of his rapidly deteriorating show were mentioned. D&D. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this book is definitely, I mean, obviously it just came out. So it's like well post Game of Thrones finale. It is definitely like a Game of very clear Game of Thrones Amazing. stand-in. Um, and uh, this, the <gasps> main character is definitely Jamie. So I have <laughs> Nikolai Coaster Waldo as Alex. Nice. Um, and I cast. I had a really hard time with Lauren, um, and this is because. Her name there is are, Lauren. Well, <laughs> obviously, I imagined it as me. No, um, there are very few fat actresses who are like allowed to work in Hollywood. So mm. it is, it's tough. Um, I went with Rebel Wilson because um, mm. I think the look is right. Um, but I really was like imagining this, the character drawn on the cover. Um, okay. So the main tropes are forced proximity and then the like grump and sunshine characters. Mm. Two of my favorites. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, overall thoughts. Um, so, I actually, I was kind of surprised to see, like, on Goodreads, people are kind of divided on this one. And I okay. think some of that is that, like, so the first one is called Spoiler Alert. And mm-hmm. it's um, Alex's other co-star and his love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's pretty beloved. And I think it's just, like, the second one doesn't get as much love. You know, like, okay. it's just yeah, is, yeah, yeah. there's something to that. Because um, I really liked it. Um, and, but a lot of the folks found the dynamic of the two main characters off-putting. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe, like, I'm a fire sign. I love to argue and, like, <laughs> flirt and be goofy. Because um, I really loved their interactions. Like, uh-huh. they were very, like, there was a lot of teasing and, like, joking around. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love the grump falls for the shun- sunshine character thing. And, like, especially... When it's like gender flipped, because it's often like the sunshine female lead, yeah. falls, you know, and so this was flipped. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, so he is like just a total like goofball sweetheart, uh-huh. high energy. He's got ADHD, mm-hmm. and like the way they talk about it in the book is really nice. And um, as someone who knows people with ADHD, seems pretty accurate. Um, and he is just like so open and happy and receptive to people. And she's, like, pretty reserved and also just, like, exhausted after working her job. Anyway, and I just love their whole thing. Um, So, okay, let's back up for a second. So, um, first of all, 
like I said, um, this part of the reason I loved this is because this book definitely I spends like the whole time hating on Game of Thrones and I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the show Alex stars in is clearly a stand in for Game of Thrones and the characters spend the entire book bashing it and specifically the showrunners for like how bad they're badly they're adapting the source material. Um, Amazing. It's so good. Um, and the relationship between Lauren and Alex is also, like, very derivative of Jamie and Brienne. Oh! It's, like, the same. Oh, my God. It's so good. I bet there's a lot of Jamie and Brienne fanfics out there. Oh, my God, I bet there are. I bet they're really good. Um, so, anyway, Alex is the, like, can't take anything seriously, everything's a joke, he's sexy, and he knows what he's working with, but he also, like, he's got some trauma and the jokes are definitely there to like take the attention away from his trauma um, and cover up his pain. And uh, Lauren obviously is like not a giant knight, um, but (laughs) a very serious, very short, very round woman who is like used to being ridiculed. Um, Definitely has like a thick skin Mm -hmm. from that and doesn't let people in easily. Mm -hmm. Um, Often underestimated and generally just treated like shit by society and her own family. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a little lost, like, after a decade of working a very draining career and, like, trying to figure out where to take her life next, mm-hmm. which is how she gets roped into this job because the showrunner, one of them is her cousin. Ah. And he's like, you're on vacation, not working. You come do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex is, like, clearly a good person. He's a big empath. But, um, like, any celebrity fucking loves attention oh yeah um he like wants her to be paying him attention all the time um and he clearly cannot get enough of like being the only person who can get inside her shell and like make her laugh and open up it's like he just is obsessed with it mm-hmm. <clears throat> so aside from being um a great book for people who like love slash hate game of thrones uh it's definitely a romance for people who love romance literature so alex not only reads but writes his own fan fiction for his character because he's like so mad about what's happening that he like literally makes like an ao3 account and writes his own that is amazing so good um but then he like tells people about it and like gets them fired but anyway (laughs) um So he knows all the best romance tropes Um, and he like finds so much joy watching them play out in their relationship. It's the cutest um, and it just is like so fun to like have a male lead in a book who's like just loves love. Yeah, take it. As I said, (laughs) bringing this home with me. Yes. Um, Sorry, I dropped it in the bath. (laughs) I won't feel so bad. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, and so he's just like, I mean, like he's got shit in his past, whatever, uh-huh. right? But like he isn't tortured. He doesn't, he's not like, oh, I'm hurting her. Oh, I can't be with her because whatever. He's just like, I love her. I love our love. He's like so excited oh about it. Oh my God, so fucking it's, refreshing. I'm it's so, so over the. Yes, it's Ugh. so nice. Um, and like the only reason he like stays away and the reason there's like narrative tension is like he's trying to respect her boundaries. It's just, it's so refreshing and heartwarming. Um, And so anyway, overall, I found this one to be like light, fluffy, just like happy and funny. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, I will say, I didn't put this in like the content warning specifically. Well, I did mention body shaming, but like I noticed a lot of readers had a problem with, like, how often the characters and the, like, narrator, so, like, the author voice, noted that Lauren was, like, not pretty. 
Like, huh. it kind of goes on. Um, I, I don't know. For me, I, like, enjoyed having a fat main character yeah. who, like, didn't have to change themselves or have, like, a mm-hmm. makeover and didn't even have to have, like, a moment where the um, love interest was like, oh, now I see that she's beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just, like, accepted that this is who she is and he loved mm-hmm. her for her and she was like comfortable in her own body so for me it worked okay um like i liked that it didn't have to like suddenly change how everyone saw her or you know like okay so like comparing to um what was it the um talia hibbert that mm-hmm. i read um i feel like also has like maybe a slightly overweight character but like it's yeah. not it's never explicitly said so like how yeah. do you compare it like would well, you compare so it, it similarly is, or no it is because like it people is remark mentioned. on it yeah. you know like her like cousin who's the showrunner talks about her like being ugly and so like but that's like a hated character yes oh yeah, yeah. no the so, book okay. definitely like condemns people talking about other people's bodies at yeah. all right um and like there isn't there's no like him being like i love you even though you're not pretty like he just loves her there's no yeah. like any of that okay so for me it, it worked it worked okay but i can un- see like if someone finds it triggering mm-hmm. to like have to read it again and again can be kind of might get old. okay yeah no, that's, um, yeah you know but i don't know i actually liked it i okay. liked that like she could just be who she was. And mm-hmm. That was fine. Um, but their, yeah, their connection and their banter was like top tier. I really enjoyed it. So definitely recommend um, my ratings. So readability is like a three and a half or four. Okay. It's solid. Mm-hmm. Um, hotness, three and a half. Okay. Um, it's good. It's good. There's like... Um, it, so the characters are, like, a little bit older than normal. They're, like, in their mid to late 30s. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Um, and mm. neither one of them has, like, had a relationship, like, a sexual relationship in quite a while. Okay. All very refreshing. Uh-huh. Um, and the, like, sex scenes are pretty hot. They're, like, not super abundant. Tension is good. It just didn't, like, send me, mm-hmm. like, you know... It, it's not a Talia, Talia Hibbert not, novel, okay. like, but it is really good. Um, Romance 3, I, like, loved their vibe, but overall it was a little on the shallow side. Okay. It wasn't like I would die for these characters or anything. Um, so overall, I give it a three and a half. Okay. I'm trying to be, like, more Calibrate. reasonable in my ratings. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, it was solid. Okay, so uh, vibe check. I did put content warnings for discussions of domestic violence. This okay. is, like, in his past. And some body shaming. Um, but the, like, representation is good. You know, you've got fat main character, uh, main character with ADHD. And it's, mm-hmm. like, relevant to the plot in his life. Mm-hmm. Like, they get into it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. I mean, obviously, one of them is, like, a super hot white male cishet movie star. Uh-huh. But, like, it's pretty good. Um, okay. So, favorite line. Yes. It's so crinkly from being in the bath. I have so many books similar to that. I, like, love seeing it like that. I know. That. I know. Um, okay. So they, this is when they're on their road trip uh, okay. up the California coast, and they have oh. to make a stop. It, yeah, sounds beautiful. <laughs> they have to make a stop earlier than expected because of traffic. So they're trying to find a room when everyone else is also is trying to find a room. Is there only one bed? <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. So, so here we are. We're in this little B&B. We actually have one room free, the clerk said, and she could feel Alex's chest puff out in triumph. But we haven't been letting people stay there because the AC won't turn off and it's freezing. We're getting it fixed tomorrow. That doesn't help you tonight, 
A flick of Alex's hand dismissed that concern. We'll just get some extra blankets for the beds, no problem. Uh, the young man visibly swallowed and cast a longing glance at Alex's money. Not beds, bed. A full. Her chin dropped to her chest at the prospect of more driving and more high-volume sing-alongs to Def Leppard. She allowed herself one sigh, then slid out from under Alex's arm and prepared to soothe his own disappointment and frustration, only to find, instead of a frown or weary resignation, an expression of dawning delight. Let me get this straight. He braced his hands on the counter and leaned in closer to the clerk. There's only one bed. The young man blinked at him. Yes, sir. When Alex pumped his fists in triumph, <laughs> punching the air, Lauren and the clerk both jumped. This is the best day of my fucking life, he shouted. Only one bed. My second favorite trope. <laughs> he swung around to beam at her. Lauren, did you hear? <laughs> oh, she'd heard all right. His mom back in Florida probably heard, too. What do you say? Can we do this? He clasped his hands under his chin like an innocent schoolboy, which he most definitely was not. I promise to be good. <laughs> anyway. Oh my, okay, just, that like person, that type of character in real life sounds absolutely exhausting. Yeah, But that was totally. like a really great read. So charming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, he's delightful. He just loves it all. It's so nice. Um, okay. So yeah, definitely recommend. So for my deep dive... Um, what I, like I mentioned before, it's kind of like more of a discussion, but we'll kind of try and keep this quick because we're running along tonight. (laughs) Um, so my deep dive is on men who read romance. Oh, okay. Um, so I love like research and peer reviewed studies. Turns Uh out it's apparently it's not profitable to figure out why men do or do not read romance because there is no one studying this. Interesting. So this is definitely going to be more of a discussion than like going over existing research, but I just thought it was interesting to talk about. So I've actually mentioned this before on a previous episode, but the Romance Writers of America or Romance Writers Association, now I forget, the RWA, um, has pretty good breakdowns for like the demographic of romance readers. Mm Mm-hmm. So they say 16% of romance readers are male. 16. 16. So kind of small, but not minuscule. Mm -hmm. However, like they have good breakdowns. Like they actually talk about like um, all different kinds of people who read romance. So there's numbers for like um, for gay and lesbian folks. Mm -hmm. And there's numbers for like... um, men, women, and non-binary folks, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, but they are, there's no explanation of overlap. So 16% of people who I uh, who read romance identify as male. But we don't know, like, how many of those readers are, like, cishet men. Right. So, like, my guess is that many of those, 16% mm-hmm. of those readers are not straight cisgendered men you know um so i don't know for sure but um what we so the other thing i want to get into is like we know romance are novels are defined by being genre stories with predictably happy endings that doesn't mean they are universally happy obviously anyone who's read a colleen hoover novel knows that like they can be messy um you know they might have a happy ending where people end up together happy but the novel itself can have all kinds Mm -hmm. of like difficult shit in it right um so those are the things we know 16 percent of romance readers are male and that romance novels have happy endings right so what we don't know 
do men read romance? Seems like overall, not really. So why? Um, well, like I said, turns out it's not profitable to study why. So we don't <laughs> really know. Um, I did find quite a few articles interviewing men about like why they do or do not read romance. But like these are not like studies. They're just like right. people talking it's to like random. Anecdotal. Yeah. Yes. Totally anecdotal. Um but it is pretty easy to draw our own conclusions, right, as to, like, why men do not mm-hmm. read romance. Um, so, I don't know. Why do you think men don't read romance? I mean, speculating wildly, <laughs> I sort of feel like men don't read for fun as much. Oh, that's an interesting point. I don't have that on my list. Um, you're probably right. I think probably more women read in general. Yeah. Yeah. As it's like kind adults. Of my impression. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that's based on my own narrow worldview. But. Yes. Well, yeah, totally. But um, so what my thought is that, like, well, one, they're embarrassed to be seen with it, right? Sure. But, like, there are e readers now. Yeah. So that's the, very uh, yeah, easy to and overcome. Audiobooks. And- right. Which to me suggests that the desire isn't mm-hmm. there. So, like, why do they, they obviously think it's not for them. Mm hmm. So is it that they aren't interested in it? Or, like, what part of it are they not interested in? Hmm. Like, feelings. Capital L, love. Softness and emotional vulnerability. Like, those things are all definitely considered, Mm -hmm. like, things that women are interested in and not men, right? Um, Or they just haven't considered it at all because these books are not marketed toward them. Yeah. Um, And so, anyway, my thought is, like, the obvious root of the problem is like the patriarchy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just another example of like it's for women, therefore it sucks and is bad. <laughs> right. Um, but that and that kind of works whether it's like it's not marketed toward them because it's assumed that this is trash, so we only market it towards it's, women. Yeah, it's or, like a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy, yes. negative feedback loop, whatever you exactly. Want to call it. Yep. Um, and so there's like could you market romance towards men? And then if you do, does that change romance or does it change men's view of romance? I mean, okay, so my thoughts are swirling right now. But yeah. Like what is instantly brought to my mind is that like there are sort of like men's romance novels, but they're not called romance novels and they don't have exactly pictures of couples on yep. the cover. Yep. So, and I'll get to that later, okay. but like it's... It's interesting to me, like, they're definitely, the like, they're only romance if they're marketed toward women. Yes. When they're not my, marketed toward I'm women, feeling, yeah. it's called something else. It's just called, like, fiction. Fiction. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, but what I found fascinating is that, like, in a lot of these articles that I found, and there was, like, the Huffington Post article and an Atlantic article, and, like, and the Guardian article, um, people are, like, talking about it, mm-hmm. but there's nothing, like, that... Like, there's no facts or figures or anything to, you know, besides, like, obviously, you know, we know that men aren't reading it because it's marketed toward women or it seems like it's Mm -hmm. for women. Um, And a lot of people were like, well, men should try. There's, like, romance books about sports players or, like, you know, Uh and I'm like, okay, but, like, why does it have to, like, do men really need to be coddled in this way of, like, it has to be, like, about sports? There's, like, ones about, like, football wives or whatever, and I'm like... That's insane, right? Like that you no. like that's the one that's for men. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that sounds good. Like I'm into that, right? Well, that's <laughs> so. the thing is that I'm like, oh, well, it's marketed toward women, and I there's like a quote in here. I had this um, a little bit farther down, but it's 
There's a quote in the Huffington Post article by uh, Maya Rodell titled, titled The Real Men Who Read Romance. Um, and the author writes, dare we suggest that the genre become less girly? Are we the 91%? They said that 9% of romance author or readers are male. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping out a potential readership with all the pink and naked man chest and girly words and more pink? Boss <laughs> says, I think most men shy away from the word romance. Find a way to promote it without using that word and you may have a chance. And I'm like, okay, first of all, what woman is like, my romance book must be pink. Like, it has also, to have it. Also, like, where does it say romance anywhere on this book? It fucking doesn't. So I'm like, who are they really, mar- like, who says what women want? Like, yeah. who's making the decisions for, like, how these books are marketed? And, like, what woman actually wants that? Wants that? No one. Yeah. <laughs> so I just find it fascinating that they're, and also it's interesting how they're like, let's get men to read romance. So it's like, oh, well, let's change this whole thing that's kind of for women and make it so that men like it. <laughs> so I'm like, I also don't like that. <laughs> I mean, my, like my own personal experience also has just been that like, not just romance, but like fiction in, or just books in general, like all of my recommendations, all of the people I talk to about reading like novels, whatever, have like almost all exclusively been women and like yeah. like I remember just like I had a like an old coworker who would like give me books after she read them and like we would like talk about them in the middle of the office full of men they just did not care they don't yeah and it wasn't a romance novel it was just a novel yeah they well and care. I'm sure like obviously there are plenty of men who anyway. read my brother-in-law my sister's husband is like a huge reader, yeah. like the next biggest reader in my family after me, okay. or maybe yeah. reads like like as much as I do. <clears throat> so like they're out there, but yeah. like you know, definitely in my experience, most of my reader friends are women, right? Um, and also like I like tallied up my books that I read last year, doing my like Goodreads thing, uh-huh. and I only read I thought I had zero, but it, there was one book by a male author. Nice. So that was forty eight <laughs> books by female authors. <laughs> Sorry, sidebar. No, go ahead. Last season for season one, I was like, oh, I should do at least do it like at least one book written by a man. And I like tried to like find one that was like, and I could not find <laughs> one that I wanted to read. Maybe this season? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I mean, like John Green is like a kind of romancy. Is that the Alaska? I don't know. Didn't he write the Green Mile? Oh. I found one that I actually already had um, looking for Alaska. It was turned into like a mm. TV show. Oh, okay. I don't remember the author now. Searching anyway. for Alaska? They are Something out there. Something about Alaska. Northern Exposure? <gasps> Great show. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. My mom obsessively watched that show. Oh my God, really? Yes. Ugh, it's so good. It's, good. it's so good. Um, Ooh, 90s. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, Okay. Backing up a little bit. Yep. So, like, we could market romance novels toward men, right? But then does how does that affect the genre? Mm-hmm. And um, how does it change the root of the problem? Fucking not at all. Because the root of the problem is that, like, men don't want to experience things that are made by or for women. And so if you just change something that's made for women to be for men, it doesn't actually fix the problem, which is that men think things for women are icky. Um, And so the other question I have here is like, is it a problem that men don't read romance? No, it's really not. I do think they could fucking benefit from it. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, like, do we need to make men read romance? Maybe the men that we're fucking. But um, (laughs) so, you know, I I just like for many of us, I think reading romance is like it's a respite from the male gaze. So, yeah, accurate. Yeah, but I think it would definitely benefit men 
to read things written from a non-male gaze. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I definitely like, yeah, I could see like picking out like a nice, uh, like romantic passage and being like, this is what I want. Read this. Right. Just like get an idea. Just so you know. They're always like, what do women want? Well, (laughs) it's written there for you to read. It's impossible No, there's no way to know. There's no way. They're such (laughs) mysterious creatures. Um, Okay. So anyway, um, so I have this quote that I mentioned that I read most of. So um, about like finding a way to promote romance to women uh, or to men. And it goes on. Um, Similarly, Ron Hogan, blogger and co-founder of Lady Jane Salon, a national reader series devoted to romantic fiction, adds, I mean, there's the obvious solutions, like making the covers and or titles less romancy, but at what point do you risk losing the existing audience by diluting the presentation? And, like, true, like, I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to take something I love and, like, make it more man-friendly so yeah. that I don't enjoy it anymore. But I also think that goes back to the point of, like, the way things are marketed towards women isn't necessarily good either, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, like, representative of what women or other people who read romance want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just don't like anything that that quote says. Um, but it definitely does nothing to chip away at the idea that, like, things for women are bad or not worthwhile um, or to help men combat their misogyny or get a glimpse into a woman's inner world. Mm-hmm. Um, or a non-man's inner world. Um, and then I have this here, like, romance by another name. So in the same article, there's a quote from a male romance author named Greg Heron that goes as follows. The great irony is men are already reading books with romance in them. They just aren't called romance novels. If you take Robert Ludlum's The Born Identity, mm. flip it and tell it from the woman's point of view, it would have been published as a romantic suspense novel and would have a completely different cover, different marketing plan. But really, Jason Bourne meets a woman, she goes along on his big spy adventure, and then they wind up together with a happily ever after on a Caribbean beach at the end. Oh, spoiler. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally it is the same as like, so many books we read so it's just yeah I mean I think yeah no that kind of hit the hit the nail on the head yeah sort of what I was thinking it's yeah, like it's one like, of the biggest franchises marketed toward men as both a movie and a novel um and if it were marketed toward women it would have it would I, be you romance. know yeah I actually sh- had some friends in college who were like obsessed with that movie theater who were women yeah that movie yeah. series so, yeah no, that's okay who were women so yeah like that's Kind of interesting, yeah. Because there's a female lead as well. And um, I also thought it was interesting to think about, like, how many books, if they were to be marketed toward men instead of women, would suddenly not be romance anymore. Yeah. So, like, One Last Stop is, like, a time travel adventure. Court of Thorns and Roses is, like, just straight up fantasy. It's just fantasy, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, ultimately, what this made me want to do is ask every man I know, especially the cis hetero ones, Mm -hmm. like, have you ever thought about reading romance? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and what stopped you? You know, like we should it just, create a little I know, questionnaire, like a little poll that we can yeah. share and get lots of responses because I think it's yeah. just fascinating. Like, what's really stopping you? Yeah. I think that just having to say it out loud is enough to make them want to do it, right? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> turning my tablet on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so that's it. I wish there was, like, extensive studies on why men do or don't read romance and what they think about it, but there's not. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, yeah, you mentioning that, or, like, bringing up that we should um, 
like poll our listeners mm-hmm. or whatever made me realize that like we need to uh mention our email address in this oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so our email is erotic nonsense pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. um please email us with yes. any thoughts questions anything we suggestions you. what you like what you don't like yeah just a shout out yeah um, we'd love to hear from you maybe we'll do our own little uh little research study on reddit yeah. For men who read romance. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and we also have an Instagram, mm-hmm. Erotic Nonsense Podcast, I think. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what are you reading next week? Yeah. So um, next week, um, I am going to be reading It Happened One Summer by Tessa <gasps> Bailey. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yes. Um, I found, uh, I think it was on the like um, Portland Working Moms Facebook group, oh, which nice. is actually fantastic. I don't yeah, know I actually like, am. I just am never on Facebook. <laughs> it is like... So many excellent resources and like, it's like a hive mind of like working moms. It's great. Um, Anyway, someone posted like, what were the favorite, your favorite books that you read this year? Mm -hmm. Um, Something like that. And I like followed it. There were like hundreds of comments um, and I actually like meticulously took took notes and this was mentioned um so nice. several times as a romance so I'm i excited, love the yeah. end of year because everyone's mm-hmm. like my favorite books of the year yeah. and i'm like write that down write that down yeah, write that exactly, down. yeah. yeah. Um, i added them all in my goodreads so yeah <laughs> um okay well so to like keep the fanfic thing going yes. i think next week i will be reading manacled by <gasps> senlin yu um which is a dramione so that's draco hermione uh fanfic (laughs) so i love it i love that we're diversifying this season did you watch the harry potter reunion oh 100 percent. and like talk about this i don't know but i definitely cried through the whole thing everyone (laughs) and i kept having to pause it because i would like get so emotional i love how they fucking like erased jk rowling as much as they could from it i know um did you notice how like on her like couple of things it was like recorded in 2008 (laughs) or something they were like we swear we didn't know that um yeah no it's great um okay so did you so did emma watson and shit what's his name draco malfoy tom felton tom felton did they have a relationship or not she said no okay she she did she said it was never she said nothing happened yeah that's what she said but i'm like she said it like one day it will yeah (laughs) there's still time apparently she's in a relationship now oh well get that guy out of here um (laughs) all right well yay for season two and see you next week for episode two bye bye